Always. So I'm on vacation this week. So in my steed, I have this. This is, uh, I'm going to tell you, the listeners, is maybe the most nervous I've ever been uh, interviewing people. I've interviewed uh, people that I've met casually, uh, comic book people, wrestling people that I knew through friends. But never have I been more nervous to interview the host of the most famous podcast in the world. Also, the co-host of Subreddit Surfing. Also, the triple co-host, because there's a bunch of you's, of Yo Remember the 90s, uh, star of many, many other podcasts, guest star of many other podcasts, as seen in the hit film Detroit Rock City, uh, Cardiff Electric. Cardiff, thank you for joining me on the podcast tonight. Oh, thank you. Hello. Oh, uh, damn it. Sorry, I'm used to hearing that when I enter a room. But yes, thank you. Thank yes. you for having me. Mushroom. <laughs> we could ju- we'll just say Joe. I haven't okay. changed that. That's that's an old message board screen name because I've been on Skype for <laughs> 17 years. However long Skype has been around. Skype Skype could is old enough to go to war now. Yes, stop using it. <laughs> There's other things, Joe. So the problem with that is, is the people that I record podcasts, I'm willing um, to like record through discord. Like people do Streamyard things of that nature. Uh, I will firmly place the blame on my co-hosts uh, uh, and their unwillingness to learn new technology. Pointing a finger. Good job. Right. But I will say in the, you know, however many years plus that I've been doing podcasting outside of my own user error, um, you know, like sometimes Skype will just decide one day that my microphone is also my speaker. Yes. Uh, I think I've only had like three follow-ups with Skype in the entire time that I've ever been using it. So hmm. I don't know. It's not the best, but what do you <laughs> recommend? Is that what we're here to talk about? Software for recording podcasts? No, we're, we're here to talk about you, but we're here to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so Streamyard. next question st- all right thank you okay so um obviously you were known um throughout the Dabbleverse, uh you know spinning out of who are these podcasts w-a-t-p stuttering john that whole thing but that's like secondary to me like anybody you know i want to know the, the 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 bits and information that i've gleaned from watching and listening to so much of you and a lot of it involves professional wrestling uh i I would say that you were a lapsed fan you're probably not watching the current product i would guess i'm not i've lapsed multiple times right so that was gonna be my question because you know i have friends and family that have waxed and waned of popularity but they still consider themselves fans like i don't think my brother has watched the current stuff in many many years but he'll still send me like oh here's this rick flair meme or here's this randy orton thing you know yes. uh when did you well, like what's your first memory of watching professional wrestling like the first time that it grabbed you uh i i believe it was this might not be the first i might have already been kind of in but i have a very vivid memory being in a department store and you know how they used to have like the in the They'd have the living room set up and they'd have a TV because they're selling everything in that set, right? So they set it up like a living room scene. And I remember walking by and I guess someone had put in uh, the videotape of WrestleMania 1. Ooh. And I believe I sat on that, that sofa. And I watched the entire WrestleMania 1 in the <laughs> middle of a department store. I... I may have been called missing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care, but that was my only, I wasn't getting pay-per-views. I wasn't, you know, we, I, I wasn't going to get the, I don't even think we had a VCR. So to, to see this uh, event uh, in front of me, I could not leave. So, you know, that's, you know, that's 1984. I think that's, you know, the many, you know, I'm, I'm a big wrestling guy. So all this stuff is a VHS could have been watched at any time. I'm just saying, Right. Okay. Um, so that 20 years been... later. Yes. Okay. So you see WrestleMania one, 
you're you're transfixed. Yes. Um, now, does this begin watching on TV, finding out if there's live events? Yes. Uh, do you remember like your first? Did you ever attend a live wrestling event, whether it be the untelevised or televised events? Not as a child. As a no. As a young adult, yes. Okay. Many. Many. So I assume that when you were at the uh, department store, you were a young adult. Uh, uh, no. No. <laughs> so, little boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little boy. But yes, no, I, I had, uh, uh, other than that, yeah, I started watching it on TV when you could. You know, it would be on Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons. Then Saturday night's main event. Yes. Started happening. And that was like, whoa. You know, I had, I had to sneak downstairs or, or sneak a little portable TV in my room to try and watch it with like no volume because you had to watch, you had to stay up for that, but I wasn't allowed to stay up for, for wrestling. Uh, if it was church, I could stay up for wrestling. So I, I had an uncle who would, uh, he had a VCR. He had a fancy job as a truck driver and he would record them. And then Sunday after church, we would watch the Saturday night's main events. So that was like the, the carrot dangled of like behave during church. You can get your watch your, your wrestling that you couldn't stay up for last night. <clears throat> Smart plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you like, so when you, you said you attended as a young adult. So did you have like your falling out of popularity with wrestling and then it comes back? And then you go to see live events. Like, did you go during like the Hulk Hogan era, the Macho no, Man era, the Ultimate no, Warrior era? No, no. So I was a fan as a as a young a young boy, the Hogan era era. I was a Hogan, Andre, you know, Macho Man. Those were my guys in the eighties, and I guess into the nineties. Then I fell off, and I okay. came back as a young adult, kind of the Attitude Era, of course. And then fell off again, kind of shortly after the Attitude Era. And that I is back. That is so many people's story, but obviously those two times in your life where wrestling was such a big part of you know so many other people's lives, and I think you're you know obviously as you mentioned your life as well, you know you still have that fandom in you because you'll you'll mention on the shows like oh I watched the any biography thing or i watched the dark side of the ring and i think you just recently mentioned that you watched the netflix uh o- ohio valley wrestling thing yes the wrestlers yes yeah oh boy Al snow yeah so it's, some... it's yeah it's still in me yeah is it in you oh yes it's it's been in me is it in you yeah well is not, it in not you <laughs> it's it's definitely a part of me um, I'm not a, a physically, uh, you know, I, I was, I never saw myself as like a physical person. Like I'm going to be a wrestler. Um, oh, you know, that's the thing. So, um, so I we're was. talking, we're talking WWF. Oh, you were going to be a wrestler. I wanted to go to wrestling school. Oh, you did. Now I have a friend of mine that went to the ECW school and he lasted a day. Um, did you ever get to that point where you're like, I'm going to do it. I saved up the money. I'm going to find out where the school nearest me is and I'm going to get trained and I'm going to do it. Like, did it ever go that far or was it just like a pie in the sky sort of thing? Just one of the millions of things I said I wanted to do. (laughs) One of the millions of things. (laughs) Well, we'll get into at least four of the million today. Um, So uh, we talked about WWF stuff, Monday Night Wars. The Attitude Era. Were you WWF? Were you WCW? Did you watch WWF? Yes. I was WWF 100%. WCW, I never even gave a look at. And and only because I remember when I was younger, as a boy, seeing WCW on, probably on like TBS or whatever. Right. And it was so garbage (laughs) looking. Like it just looked like a, a, you know, if you remember it, it looked like a high school gym. Most of the time it was shot and the, but WWF was lit well and produced and it looked great. So yeah, it always just seemed so cheap that when I came back into wrestling, I didn't even think of WCW. I, I kind of knew what was going on. You know, I, I, I was aware, but no, I was only WWF. No ECW uh, came across your purview either. No. 
Okay. Later on, obviously, right. as, as it became part of. Yeah, I guess right, probably right before they bought ECW, maybe I started checking it out. Yeah. Like right before, but I, I don't want to say it was like ECW from for life. Right. But, but I never liked that. That stuff was just kind of, <laughs> that wasn't for me. My friend, I, I was a fan. My friend Todd would see events from there. And he would say that that looks like a building full of attention deficit criminals. And he wasn't wrong. Yes. That's a good, a good phrase. Yes. So you said that as a young adult, you would go to shows. Was it just like the non-televised events? Did you ever go to a pay-per-view? Did you ever get like that experience? WrestleMania. Was it the, uh, now I, I, I have, I, I was to WrestleMania's, in several places as well. I went to the one at Toronto Sky Dome for Hulk and The Rock. I'm guessing huh. you were... Was that the one that you were at as well? That is that is the one I flew from Minnesota for. Yes. Yes, X8. <laughs> I drove from Pennsylvania for that one. It was, a, it was a much different time. I'm pretty sure... Was that... It was a... We had a car full of people and there was a lot of um, uh, people's girlfriends in the car sleeping and the border... Post 9-11 had no questions for a bunch of, you know, uh, late teenage, early 20s girls asleep in the backseat trunk of the station wagon we were in. They're like, no, I'd go ahead, guys. No passports, no nothing. I figured we would have got it pop. But yes, you flew from Minnesota. Yes. Uh, X8, what an experience to be there live. Yes. And before that, though, before that, there were a bunch of like Smackdowns or Raws. Sure. They came, uh, they came through Minnesota all the time. Yes. We used to, we used to even hang out at the, uh, at the hotels where the wrestlers would stay, met a bunch of wrestlers, you know, after, after shows. Did Road you try road dog? Tried to F my girlfriend. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have any good experiences or bad experiences with wrestlers? But I would say the road dog one was maybe good for your girlfriend. Uh, no, no, she did not. They did not consummate. Okay. Yes, thank goodness. But were there any uh, experiences, times like you're like, oh, that guy is a real piece of crap, or that guy was much nicer than I would have expected from his character on TV? No, they were all, they were all, again, the ones that would kind of come down and talk, were probably the ones that were pretty cool anyway. Right. Um, but no, there was, uh, yeah, they were, Everyone we you ran into was cool. I ran into, I ran into Lex Luger once too. Oh yeah. He just walked into my, far, I was working in a pharmacy and he just walked into the pharmacy and asked me for something. I don't even remember what he asked me for. I was kind of like starstruck. <laughs> like I Lex. probably did one of the babbling, uh, 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 but he asked me for something that we didn't have. Like it, I, it was something weird, like drywall screws. And, and I said no. And he left. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that Lex Luger walking into a pharmacy would have wouldn't have asked for something else. Yes, that's true. Yes, a lot of wrestlers would come to the to my pharmacy. Oh, really? Yes, because it was close to an airport. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't really the airport. It was more because it was close. It was close to the the arena they would be at all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of in the area, and in Minnesota. Uh, you can buy uh, Tylenol ones and twos over the counter. Oh, uh, where you can't do that in the rest of America. So wrestlers used to come in all the time for while they were in town to buy some Tylenol ones and twos <laughs> by the bucket load. <laughs> Tour buses used to come by. <laughs> it it's very similar to the stories that I would hear of the people that would wrestle in California, especially Southern California. Sometimes it would be worth that walk across the border into Mexico because the exchange rate on uh, what you could buy in Mexico, just, you know, a mile away was a, was a world of difference. But, uh, next time I'm out in Minnesota, I'll have to see if that uh, pharmacy is still there and out ones and twos. Oh, they all did though. They all did. It was perfectly fine. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. Now, so, you know, obviously you get out of wrestling. Everyone kind of grows up, grows out of it, whatever. Um, do you remember when it it dawned on you that wrestling was fake? No. No, like I remember, I remember there was a time where wrestling results were reported in the sports section. Right. Like there was a little, you'd look and see the matches from last night in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and like the wins and losses were there. It was, but when did I figure out? It's still real to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Cause I know a lot of times like people have like that moment where like somebody, you know, kind of like how they, somebody would spoil Santa on someone. You remember that moment or you uh, see something, you know, it, it probably just happened in the time I transitioned out. Okay. I left wrestling. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's fake. And so it didn't mean anything at the time, I guess. Oh, okay. And then I came back to it, but cause it was, it was fun. It was, it was a soap opera. Yeah. So there's been no uh, dalliances, no sticking your toe back into like being a regular day to day watcher since the Attitude Era ended. No, not regular. Again, I've 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 watched, you know, a, a show here and here and there. You know, I've kind of peeked in. I think I a couple pay per views my neighbor had. I went over and watched probably a WrestleMania over that time, but never, not regular. I'm sorry. No, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious only because, you know, obviously everyone, you know, they'll, they'll give it a try. If you have that bug in you, you know, uh, I know sometimes like people will have like kids or family members that are into it and you'll go and visit them and like people fall back into it that way. I know now they do a lot of stuff. Both the big companies today, they'll do stuff where they bring in like celebrities, you know, bad body wrestles or, uh, Logan Paul wrestles or something like that. Uh, is like, can you think of a celebrity that if they made an appearance on wrestling today, you're like, Oh, I got to check that out. Mick Mars. Mick Mars. Yes. He, uh, he was on during the attitude era. Molly crew played on Monday night raw a couple I, times. I, I still have a VHS tape somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I guess somewhere they're not labeled. I'll never find it. No, but it's somewhere. So is there any memories like that of the Attitude Era? Like you're mentioning Mick Mars. It's just like something that like is stuck with you. You know, this stuff is 25 years ago that this this stuff happened. That is just stuck with you like a weird moment. I haven't thought of, like I haven't seen this in 25 years, but it's just a moment that lives in your mind forever from that time of watching wrestling. No. No. All right. Honestly, no, there, there isn't. I'm trying to think yeah. of one. I wish one would pop out, but okay. nothing. It was just a, a, it was a time, right? Right. Like it was just a, 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 a moment in time. It was all good. And that's the thing. It was all, I mean, I know it wasn't all good, but it was all good. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so there were no, there were very few like drop-offs at all during that time. It was always, always a story moving. Always right. fun. I know, you know, on my, on the, the wrestling podcast that I do, we, you know, we, we look at like, Oh, like this happened like X amount of years ago, whatever. Um, and the, when we record lines up with those 1998 Monday night raws and Monday nitros. And I know you never watched the WCW stuff, but we're like a week off the debut of Mr. Sacco. Uh, yeah, like stuff like that. So, you know, and I, I remember, you know, still being a fan and, you know, loving that sort of stuff growing up with it and everything. And it's all still so fresh in my mind. Like I just saw it yesterday. That you see, that was one. And I, I again, I, during that time, I must've fell off for a while because, um, like I must've missed Mick. I must've missed cactus Jack somewhere. Right. Like I just got to, I just, I just got mankind, but I had everything else before. So I must've missed a blip there where, where there was more than just mankind, but I came, I just remember mankind. I can never remember, uh, cactus Jack or dude love. 
Like I must have missed all that. Right. So Cactus Jack was more WCW ECW. Okay. Dude, so is that okay? Yeah, Dude Love was you know like like a, a like a two month run in like 1997. Oh, okay. And then would like sporadically pop up here and there when they needed like a storyline beat for him. Yeah, which is what I never got. Like what what is, I never got that. Yeah, you'd love. And then when he did all the characters and I didn't know Cactus, I mean, what did I miss? What? <laughs> so, okay. So that's why. Yes. So enough about the wrestling stuff. Cause you know, you would, you would mention the stuff on different podcast appearances. And, uh, when I was on uh tic tac nineties, yo, and I won. You did and win. I asked, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I, I, this is I, your I, prize. This, this is my real prize, yes. Um, and I, I'd asked you to come on my podcast, and I mentioned that I do a wrestling show and I do a comic book show. And you're like, comic books? So, this is the other thing that I want to talk to you about, in addition to other stuff. Okay. Um, and you mentioned that you still have your copy of Amazing Spider-Man 300. I do. It's a 9.6. Oh, okay. So, that was gonna what we're going to get into. Uh, do you like? Do you send stuff out to be graded, obviously? No. No, but you just know it's 9.6? No. So, I was... I was uh, an amazing Spider-Man guy. Yes. All, all through the McFarlane uh, era. Era. And then, probably, you know, probably around Spider-Man 330, 340... Mm-hmm. I, got, I got into baseball cards. <laughs> yes. A lot of people did. Yes. So I sold a whole bunch of my Spider-Man comics <laughs> to buy baseball cards because they were, they were hot at the time. And I could, you know, I think that is amazing. Spider-Man 300 at that time, I got 60 or 70 bucks for it for a, for a comic that was only a few years old. It was crazy. Uh, and I quickly regretted doing that, <laughs> but I never did anything about it. But then when I was older and eBay came around, I'm like, I'm going to find me, a, a an amazing Spider-Man 300 again. And I found that one graded. So I said, might as well just get that one. Mm-hmm. So is that was, your, oh, I'm sorry. It's not my actual book from when I was a kid. Is I that your lone comic book possession that you currently have? Uh, no, I've hundreds. Oh, okay. So you're still, you just, so this is just, your... I don't still No, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm long done. Like I haven't bought a new book in 30 years. Okay. But all the stuff from the eighties to early nineties, pre baseball cards, you still have most yes. of that stuff still. Yes. Yes, I do. What was, you? Oh, but sorry. You said Amazing Spider-Man. What else were you collecting at the time? That was my that was my one main book. Was Amazing Spider-Man. <coughs> I didn't like any of the other Spider-Mans for so I don't know why. I still to this day don't know what the difference between Amazing Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man was. I'm sure you're gonna tell me. I could. Please. Okay. It was the writer. Like when we were kids, we didn't realize it. Um, but it was a writer in particular, J.M. DeMatties. Um, so many of those amazing Spider-Man stories from that time uh, were either written by him or another guy, Dave Michelini. And the early 80s, they were on your web of Spider-Mans and spectacular Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. So if you go, have you ever read like Craven's Last Hunt? No. Okay. Craven's Last Hunt was a crossover with the three Spider-Man books. There was only three at the time. And all the issues were written by J.M. DeMatties, and that was when he had moved off of Spectacular onto Amazing Spider-Man. And then for a long time, Amazing Spider-Man was really good, and the other ones weren't so good, because the writer... But when you're a kid, you don't know. Like, you're not... Like, a lot of times, I know I wasn't looking at the writers. The art is really what popped. You mentioned the Todd McFarlane stuff, of course. Uh, but I was, the, I'm the same way. I was an amazing Spider-Man guy too. Uh, that was like the first comic that I remember buying and getting off the stands and like keeping a collection of in a shoebox in my sock drawer. Yeah, that was the one for me. And then I picked up other ones here and there, but nothing ever 
stuck. Like I've got one off issue, you know, I've got three issues of a, of this or that. And, but it was always just amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And then never DC for some reason. I hated DC. I was going to, similar to the WWF, WCW thing. I was going to ask you Marvel or DC, but obviously yeah. just Marvel. I think I've always been very tribal. I have to have mine one, one and that's it. Everyone else is dead to me. I know at the time it was a, there was no derogatory term for a DC person, but the derogatory term for someone who just read Marvel was a Marvel zombie. And then many years later in the early two thousands, they did a Marvel zombies book kind of as a play off that. And then, you know, that was a big success. Yeah. No, never liked DC. I don't know why I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. It's Superman and Batman. I should. Uh, yeah. Nope. And so you just have these comics that you've been sitting on for 30 years in your basement. No, not in the basement. Oh, they're, they're somewhere. They're somewhere. They're safe. Don't worry. They, in the event of flooding, they'll be safe. My guitars will all be washed away, but my comic books will be safe. <laughs> Are they cataloged? Do you know if you have anything in there that's worth money that you're saving for a rainy day, pun intended, with the flood? Yeah, no. I mean, the the 300's probably my most valuable book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got older ones. I've got, like, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, like, 36 and 64 and um, 98, 99. But they're not. Like, I didn't care. When I was finding, if I found one, I didn't care what the condition was. I wanted it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I found an old one somewhere, I didn't care that half the cover, half the cover of number 64 is rit- ripped off and it's the other, the back of it's written on, but I could still read it. So it was, it did the job. Yeah. I have an issue of Amazing Spider Man number four. Where the you know, the middle two pages, like if you were to open it up to the dead center, those two pages are loose from the staples. I have a playboy that has a similar issue. <laughs> uh, well, that's, you know, I don't know if you were hanging them on your wall or that's what it was, but maybe. Yeah. I, <laughs> now, do you have any of your baseball cards when you transferred over to being a baseball card collector from out of comics into that? Yeah, I still have all that crap. It's worthless. What did I do? Were you a Tops or a Fleer or a Don Russ or an Upper Deck guy, or were you just getting everything? I'm haunted by the vision of that red Don Russ <laughs> logo. Yeah, I was a Don Russ guy, then Upper Deck. Right. Don Russ into Upper Deck. But yeah. I love those cards. I remember when Upper Deck came on the market and they came in like the different packs that didn't have gum in them and they had a little hologram on them. And I'm like, oh, these are extra fancy, right? It meant something. Yeah. Um, nothing. No. <laughs> garbage. I, People are going to just throw this in the trash when we're dead. I, I say that <laughs> all the time with my comic book collection. I've got... 20 uh, more than that. Uh, let's say 30 long boxes of comics in my basement that I've been collecting over the last 30 some odd years. How many, how many boxes? 30. Wow. I am one. I've got one box. Okay. I've got, again, I'm, I'm still an, uh, like daily going to the shop, picking up my new books and everything mm-hmm. else. I haven't conver- I don't think I could ever convert over to digital for comics. I like having them in my hands. Um, but I have stuff down there that's worth money, you know, not, uh, limited to that, uh, amazing Spider-Man 300, but there's other stuff in there. Uh, and I always joke and I say, this will be my son's decision when I die. Does he go through all this stuff? And my stuff is all cataloged. All he has to do is pull up the Excel spreadsheet for everything. Um, or he could just throw it all out. That's going to be his decision. That's not my decision. But you wouldn't sell it before. No cash out. I like unless like we had some sort of emergency. Like I have a first. What if one of your favorite podcasters wanted money? Hmm. Outside of a super chat and subscribing to two of his Patreons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if he needed more money, yes. Okay, we'd have to talk. All right. 
what if I buy two tickets to his upcoming live show on mm-hmm. March 10th? It's two ticket minimum. So it's right. Like, well, I was going to say, but I'm only coming as one person, but I bought two tickets. Are you going to, are you going to spread out? Well, <laughs> what had happened was I thought I was going to be able to convince my wife to go. Um, but she's not a fan of all the, uh, she doesn't like John. Okay. okay. Um, you know, John could be an off-putting character to some. Mm-hmm. And I'd called into the creep off a couple weeks ago and I had jokingly said, uh, I'd purchase two tickets, uh, under the guise that by buying two tickets, that would give me special privilege that I wouldn't have to meet John and Vinny wouldn't play my call on the air. Mm-hmm. Good. He, spe- Good. he specifically addressed it and said, email me so we could fix this problem. And uh, it's been two weeks and I'm still waiting for an email back from Vinny. All right. I, I don't think that email's coming. But I'm torn because I want to go to the Saturday show. Yes. And I want to go to the Sunday show. Yes. But uh, I don't know what a motel in Rochester looks like. It sounds like a scary proposition. No, there's some lovely hotels in the area. No, Rochester's not. Uh, Rochester's a nice place. I've been before. Um, you know, I there's a there's a drag club there. Tilt. Maybe. I'm know. not sure how familiar you are with the area. Nope. Uh, but my wife and I had gone there a couple times as a hike. Um, but I'm going to see if maybe I could coordinate with Vinny and turn my two Sunday tickets into a Saturday and Sunday ticket and then sleep in my car or something. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. I said, I really want to, I, I really want to go. want to meet you. Did you go to DabbleCon or anything? No. So DabbleCon, uh, I did not go to only because, uh, this was my mindset. Rochester, upstate New York in February, that sounds like a problem. This year, upstate New York in March, I'm sh- that's close enough to spring, right? There won't be any snow. Better. It's, that was legitimate. My, my that was legitimately ah, legitimately my logic of not going to DabbleCon last year, and I was kicking myself over it because I could deal with cold, snow, you know. I think you guys didn't get snow. It was just really cold, right? It was really cold. Yeah. The snow came before. Yeah. I could deal with snow. So, uh, you had mentioned your guitars. Yes. You're a musician. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, outside of your own theme song and other pieces of work that have popped up. Um, what's the closest you were to making it big? As a musician, you mentioned millions of dreams, pie in the sky ideas that you had. Mm-hmm. Was music the one that got you the closest to that dream? I uh, yeah, I would say yes. Yes, it was music. It was we we had a I had a few bands, uh, and again, I, I, I as I as I reminisce on my on my experiences, I'm convincing myself more and more I have ADD. <laughs> You mentioned that on the one show with Wendy, and I was shocked that you, uh, you know, you should ask Dr. Steve to diagnose you. I should, but, um, many bands, uh, but we, I had one, um, that was like, it was good. Like we were really, really good. And, uh, we recorded a, a demo and we, you know, we were, at, we were, had all these gigs lined up and we, we played, we were starting to play some really big places and it was, I mean, still just mostly for, you know, people we brought and um, a couple of things, but we started opening up for bands that were, you know, kind of something we had a band, you know, invite us to go on a tour with them and they were pretty, they were a name. And, uh, and then it just disappeared one day, two guys just took off and then it was never, you know, it was always just trying to rebuild from there. But when you lose your lead guitarist and your singer, it kind of makes it harder to keep going. But we were now, good. We wrote did, and we wrote everything like we wrote like crazy. Um, yeah, it was and it was fun. 
And we were good. Did the two guys who left leave together? Did they leave separately? No, Did they, were, they... They, were, they were they were cousins. Okay. And they just went to they ended up going to work in a remote job somewhere. <laughs> they just just dis- but they just didn't even let us know. They're just gone. Oh, man, that's wild. Have you in years like found out what they're up to or they're just gone forever, like erased from existence? No, no, they came back and, you know, we, everyone was doing something else. And, um, no, I still, and I still keep in touch with, with a couple of them, but no, they didn't fall off the face of the earth. They just, they, they, they killed the momentum and then tried doing some other stuff that never, that never got to what that was. Now your your demo's not out there for anyone to find, right? Well, if if you if you had 1999 and we're at one of our shows, oh, you might have one. But did, that, no. did you have somebody working the merch for you, or were you uh, guys there breaking a twenty for your uh, loyal fans? Oh yeah, no, it was us. Okay. Maybe maybe some of the girlfriends, but we, we tried. It was, uh, I forget if it was on Howard, it was either Artie or Gilbert would always say there was nothing more depressing seeing like the guy that you just came on stage, control the crowd, and then he's making change for you to sell his shirts or whatever, you know? Yeah, that sounds like an Artie. Yeah. <laughs> Probably talking about Gilbert. Well, I think they were talking about Jackie. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um. So the music stuff, just, you know, that the band kind of falling apart, those two guys leaving just mm-hmm. kind of killed the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. And like I said, we did, <clears throat> did other things and you know, they were never, it was never that magic. Right? Mm-hmm. Like what that felt. And I'm not saying it was mad. We were the next great thing, but it was something. It, it was something. Yeah. It was definitely something there. But um, but yeah, then, then I, like I said, just did other, other bands, other things, and then life, you know, and you moved on. And I, I, I probably put my guitars away for 10 or 15 years at one point. Again, just like wrestling. I just moved on to something like, I don't know how long I'm going to be a YouTuber. I might be gone. <laughs> dude. It's fleeting. Well, you'll just, there's so many other ways to get content out there to people. You know, I think YouTube is like the catch-all, but you know, you'll you'll if YouTube goes away, you'll find your platform. You know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, just how I've I've always just oh so gone in different directions. So maybe this direction ends at some point. Okay. So <laughs> yes, I I pick up. I'm I'm picking up what you're saying. It's just one day there could be an incident that happens, or somebody goes away. Or something, a, a, a flashpoint, if you will, that you just wake up one morning and you're just like, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. It's whatever. March, I'm March moving. 11th, 2024. <laughs> it's all culminating to that moment. Yes, that's it. Come see um, you for the last time. Now, I, I guess, so um, Detroit Rock City. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to belabor... The whole story um, was it on one of um, just the it was on maybe one of the test shows for you remember the nineties that it came up or was it just one of your <clears throat> no I think doodling it was, around it was on one of my streams it was on my channel okay I think I was gone for a couple of weeks and I wanted to come back and and give right <laughs> give something and I thought of that I found I actually was on vacation um. And I was messaging with some beloved chatters uh, and one that has a rather uh, extensive Stern archive mm-hmm. and was able to find the episode, the audio of the episode when I called in. And my connection to the call in was from Detroit Rock City, which is why I decided to put that out there. What made you decide to audition for a movie? Did you have acting aspirations? Like, were you in high school plays? Were you in community theater? Or was it just something like, hey, they're in town. Why the hell not? Uh, I was in plays in school. Okay. Uh, a couple, but they always... Uh, fuck, you're making me... You're making me think back. Everything's ended in failure, <laughs> destruction. No! no. 
we had we had uh, the one year I got in the play. There was a um, like a teacher strike, and then they shut down all the extracurriculars because of the strike. So we got we we spent like half the year writing this thing. Like we wrote the play as a group. Okay, and we're performing it, and then we got shut down just like that. We never got to actually perform it. I wrote songs for it. I had solos. It was it's gonna be amazing. But no, other than that, no. Uh, I did. <clears throat> I think I told the story on you. Remember the night I was walking out of a movie theater and there was a guy handing out flyers. <gasps> That's right. And I had long hair. He said, "We need guys long hairs for movies." And he handed me a flyer. I called the number and I paid 150 bucks or something to an agent. They took a picture of me and they started sending me out on stuff. It was just like a just a. I thought it was cool. I I did I did always kind of. <sighs> envision myself being in, 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 in movies somehow, not necessarily an actor, but like working in movies, but I never did. It just never, I never did. So, and obviously you, you told the story. It wasn't a bad experience. You were supposed to be in one larger role, like a, yes. a, a named goon. And then yes. it ended up being something else, right? Yeah, something happened. They, they picked somebody else instead, but, and, was so yeah but they gave me the part that you saw but no face on camera unfortunately (laughs) or fortunately so that was just the one time you didn't try to pursue that dream or that you know that avenue of entertainment after that (laughs) no i i and again i think i revealed this story too uh i quit doing it after that because that was the largest uh money i ever made i don't know i made like 600 bucks from that Mm mm-hmm and I didn't want to pay my agent their commission. So I just never went back in to pay them. They didn't give me any other roles. So. It was short-sighted. Yes. But I didn't want to pay 30%. 600 bucks. I had things to buy. Now, did um? Do, you don't still get, there's no way that, like, you're not a named person, credits no. or nothing like that. No. So you don't get, like, residuals on this where, like, no. once a quarter you get, like, that 30-cent check in the mail from, like. If if, if I was in that other role, yeah, mm-hmm. I would have been. Like, I would have been in the credits. Right, okay. Yeah, he's named. And I don't know what I would have got as far as whatever residuals, but I would have been in the credits. And I would have been. I would have had an IMDB. Oh, just, there. Just like John. Because that's really what it's based upon, right? Yes. I I have an IMDb. Well, congratulations. From, from all my wrestling stuff that I do. But like I said, it doesn't mean anything, you know? It's just a way that everything's cataloged. But some people think otherwise. Yes. What is cool, I, had, I, I was having dinner with somebody who is a professional actor. And I got to see IMDb Pro. Oh! <gasps> Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I I have a friend of mine who's a wrestling promoter, mm-hmm. and he he pays for IMDb Pro because you know wrestling is entertainment, and mm-hmm. um, I guess on IMDb Pro you get um, access to like a little bit more direct access to maybe people's agents and representation. Yeah, and then there's yeah. also stuff on there for gigs and right. Uh, yeah. So pre-pandemic, what he was attempting to do was he would check to see, like, what comedians were in town that had the slightest connection to professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, you know, and he actually he's uh, he runs shows in the Cleveland area where uh, Obnoxious John is from. And it'll be like, oh, Pauly Shore is coming to town the same sh- the same time that we're running a, you know, running our event. Let's reach out to Pauly Shore. IMDb Pro, Pauly Shore's agent. And see if Paulie would want to do like a quick appearance at the wrestling show, like in between him doing, um, you know, his stand up. And uh, you'd be surprised <clears throat> on uh, how highly Paulie Shore values his time. Oh, wow. I can only imagine. Yes. Um, and I think the other one that he tried to reach out to was Dice, because Dice was doing a show in the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. And the number that Dice came back with was, I think, his entire budget for the show. Oh. when was so, this with dice this had to be like maybe like um mm. 2018 2019 maybe okay so dice was i dice was hot again by then right because i think it was after his <clears throat> role in um 
the Lady Gaga movie. Oh, yeah, not not Blue, Blue. not Blue Jasmine. Jasmine, um, something to be a star. Yeah, a star is born. Yeah. But again, yeah, popular yeah. dice. Not this wasn't 1994 dice. No. Yeah. Okay. No. But I'm sure 1994 dice would have asked for the same amount. Yes, just like 1994 Pauly Shore would have asked for the same amount as ni- 2019 Pauly Shore. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think he like when, when he was subscribed to that, and like that's the way he gets his connections to get like book a lot of the other like name uh, wrestling talent that he'll come and do appearances. He just had like the Boogeyman show up and do like his Worms bit at his show. Hmm. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the Boogeyman. All right, you're better off. Good. I'm going to look it up after. <laughs> All right, good. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, we talk about all the different avenues of entertainment uh, that you've attempted to get a foothold in and fandom of or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're very funny. Thank you. When did you find out that your brand of humor works in this avenue of podcasting. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, I guess. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, the ball busting I do is how I've always been. And I've started to realize that I think the real me comes out of Cardiff, but I've lost friends. (laughs) For some of the things I've said, like people, people have not set foot in my house in 20 years for some of the things I've said at a dinner party. So, uh, maybe it is, uh, because, and, and it was because all I listened to all day was Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern, right? That was my, that was my day in the car all day. Right. And I still want to, I wanted to come home and talk like I, they talked on the radio, right? So, uh, that didn't fit so much in polite company. It fit with the people that it fit with, but, uh, but then I think this uh, world started from WATP was again, it came from Opie and Anthony. So I figured it would work and maybe it has just a little bit. I would say so. You've had longevity, um, as any character, um, I, I would argue that you have your own little spinoff universe with everything else. Um, is that just because you're like, well, this WATP thing, so many different people and things and shows cycle in and out that you should have your own sort of thing on the side, whether it be, you'll remember the nineties, whether it be subreddit surfing, which is still tangentially in the WATP universe. But if just for some reason tomorrow, WATP goes away, you still have at least two other things to fall back on. Well, no, I, I, um, I mean, the whole, I'm going to really take the mask off here. Oh, I hope nobody listens to this. Do they? No. Good. Phew. No. Um, but I mean, the whole Cardiff podcast was a joke. It was just a response to a gag. I would like, I've been, I'll, I, again, I'll do the whole story on Dr. Steve's podcast one day. I'll kind of t- tell it from the beginning, but, um, and I've promised that to him because he got me started. So I've committed that origin story to Dr. Steve. Uh, but the, the, uh, uh, the podcast was all a joke, but as I started doing it, the YouTube channel especially was a joke, but as I started doing it, I started enjoying doing it. And then I'm like, okay, but. And I, I've, I've expressed some John fatigue lately too. Yes. If, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Right. So I knew at some point I was going to kind of get tired of talking about John for a bit. I wanted to do some other stuff too. And I just wanted, and I'm like, well, I've, I know how to, I can do a show. I know I can talk. I won't freeze up. I know I'm funny. Okay. Well, I want to do these other shows. I like, you know, the subreddit surfing was just an idea I pitched to Vinny. And then, uh, you'll remember the nineties, the three of us were talking after one of, one of our shows. And I think we talked about 90 stuff or something. I go, that would be a great show. And then we also, yeah, that would be, and 
we just decided to do it. But I want to have stuff that, yeah, that's outside of the Dabbleverse because at some point the Dabbleverse is not going to be interesting, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, maybe Phil Elmore, who's one of the newer characters in all of this. Yes. Not you. Um, he had said that he feels that it could get to a point where the Dabbleverse will move so far away from John that people will know that the the Dabbleverse name and all the players in it, but not that the origins of it was everything with John and what Chrissy said to him on that call. He had he feels it has that sort of like, um, yeah, it, like able to just kind of keep going forever. It's 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 possible. I mean, I'm already seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, with in chats, you know, when we did stuff like the foundations of the Dabbleverse, like stuff we bring up, and it's like they didn't, people didn't don't know who this is. This has been mentioned so many times. Like it's just strange to me, but yeah, it's people are coming in new, mm-hmm. right? Even even I did I'm sure I did a Dabbleverse Origins show a year ago and I brought the clip of, of Chrissy Mayer and talked about stuff and, and people I think in my chat then were like, Really? That has and that's like a year out. Right. So yeah, as time goes, it's gonna become yeah, it could just become something else. It could just be a, a blip in time and then gone. Now, you you had mentioned about you're going to give your origin story to Dr. Steve. Yes. I have to go back to a Twitter thread from August 26th of this year. Sure. You had announced um, a New Year's Eve extravaganza coming to Buffalo, New York. Yes. And you had named several people that were going to be there. Yes. And I had replied and said, I guess Dr. Steve's invite got lost in the mail. Yes. And you said, he said, no, I don't talk to him anymore. And I said, if that's the case, can I get the exclusive unmasking interview? And you said, why not? So I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Cardiff. But tweets or posts or whatever they call them now are legal binding contracts. So (laughs) I'm sorry to spring it on you like this. Well, the thing is, I've made up with Dr. Steve. Oh, I'm not not sure what I was mad at him about. So I rescinded (laughs) that tweet. Okay. And when you rescind a tweet, all contracts and agreements thus far, <laughs> thusly, are invalid and invalid. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. I tried. Yes, I tried. You did. did you have that framed on your wall? No, no, I don't. I, I, that was um, really the only preparation I did for this was to find that tweet and bookmark it. And as soon as you said that it was invalid, I unbookmarked it. You should. And rescinded in the halls of Congress. All right. It's actually rather expensive to do. I guess it's worth the money. It's worth the money. Should have just deleted it. Yeah. I'm not a tweet deleter. And I would guess that you probably, you, you, you strike me as the kind of person who's not either. I have been, I've, I've done selective. I've changed my, I think I've changed my, uh, character a couple times okay early on so i had to delete some tweets to make the new storyline fit (laughs) (laughs) i had to delete some podcast episodes you know how things were just add some mystery i think i always i deleted one episode just just knowing that i was going to see one person in the discord say hey episode four is missing of the cardiff podcast something's up does anybody have like just to get people talking about it and even if it was one person, it was. Now I don't want to say I'm the type of guy that still has them all archived from the first time they go out. <gasps> really? Yeah. <laughs> Once I kind of caught on to what you were doing, I'm like, I have a feeling these could be gone tomorrow. <laughs> and I had a friend of mine who did a podcast called Hoops Chat. Um, it was supposed to be a basketball podcast and the bit was they never got around to talking about basketball and he did about 18 episodes of the show. It was a very funny show. He's a very funny guy. And then just all of a sudden one day he just deleted them all and he's like, I'm tired of this. 
and I wish I saved them all. And from that moment, uh, I'm a very big hoarder of digital media, podcasts, things like that. So you would be the archivist of Cardiff. Um, an archivist. Unofficial, unofficial. If somebody needed to write the Cardiff Electric Wikipedia page, um, I would be submitting many edits to it. I hope that happens one day. Yes. I hope that happens one day. How far back do you go? Um, who? Curious. Someone, someone who's been my most faithful archivist. How much does he know? How much have I let out? Let me look. Again, a lot of it is through DMs with my friend Matt. Uh, shout out to him. Loyal card defender as well. Troll. <laughs> so let me see here. Um, so you're, I don't know the date off the top of my head. I don't have my file right in front of me and I don't want to start digging through text files cause I'm a text file guy. Um, but your first time that you were on WATP, I think I had seen some of your stuff popping up or you liking WATP tweets or whatever it was. And you had mentioned that you had a podcast, and I found the Anchor FM RSS feed. Okay. Which sometimes is difficult to, like, get connected to a podcatcher. Um, so I was ripping, like, raw audio M4As out of the RSS feed mm-hmm. and converting them to MP3s and backing them up. So, like... Whatever your first time on WATP was, maybe like a, like I was able to go back like the week or two before that you had episodes out on the RSS feed. What was the date that first WATP? I don't even have that anymore. See, I, that's the thing. I can't. Oh, you my, don't have it. Okay, okay. I don't have it in front of me right now, and I don't want to be dead air and uh, 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 while I'm trying to search it out, you know? Got it. Send that to me, though. I want to look that. I, 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 I don't think I've heard my first I'm on WATP in a long time. You're much more sub, subdued, I guess would be the way to say oh, it. Oh, yeah. I've definitely given up on a lot of the... You're very, like, uh, pensive, I guess would be the word to say. Yes. Yeah. So when I played bass? No, no, no. Oh. Um, It was when you came on as a John Defender. And like, you were... On, like, on screen? No, no, you were just a, like um, on Discord. No, I'm, like you were on the show. I don't know if there was the I'd, like I'd have to go back and grab the video of it, but there definitely wasn't like um, like they weren't playing your call. Like you were there talking, but I don't think you had like a video pop up for the the YouTube or whatever. Oh, okay, I'll find it and I'll send it to you, and then I'll make you dig more because I was. I was a, a frequent caller before that, too. Ooh. Fun fact. Oh, boy. All this Cardiff lore that I'm going to have to put citations on the Wikipedia about. The other shows I appeared on before WATP, do you know those? No. Other than the one called Howard Stern. Yes, other than that one. I assume you would call, like, if Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez type shows had a call-in element, I would guess that you probably called in on those. Uh, I did. Uh, oh, ONA, I don't think I ever got through to ONA. Mm. I think they played, they might have played a, a, I think they played one of my parody songs once. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, I posted it to the, to my, your Patreon, right? Yeah, you're Yes. Yeah, I posted it. Uh, it's, the, it's the Nagel song, the eight. Five seven five three oh nine or what the yes. song like Jenny? Yes, it was. It was when Opie gave out Eric's number, <laughs> and then he paid him in pennies to compensate. Him. Anyway, I w- it was actually Eric's number that I put into the song. So you've 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 had this in you for a long time, however long you know. Open Anthony calling into Howard goes back to like Bubba. the late nineties. Just calling to Bubba. I have calls to Bubba that I cannot find. <laughs> oh, I wish I could find those. I used to fool him all the time. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I convinced him his book was the number one book on Amazon, and he put me right on. <laughs> it's a different world down there in Florida. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is. 
<sighs> so I guess we'll close with this. We're talking about Howard stuff and ONA stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to choose one for whatever reason, what's your go-to? And I get to choose a time frame or just you, like you, you could choose a time frame. Okay. You could choose, you know, the, the body of work, whatever it is. This is your, you know, your Sophie's choice, if you will. O and A. Really? Yep. But like the Patrice years. Okay. Of O and A, the ball busting, the, the, the comedian years. Like that was, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Patrice gone too soon. I was just thinking about him today. Um, like that time that he, like he was on Opie and Anthony and he, he was in like arrested development. He was on the office. Mm-hmm. Do do you know, he had a brief stint. Like, I think he probably mentioned on O and a, he had a brief stint in WWE as a writer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like what a, like what a weird career he had. Mm-hmm. Just just an, ama- an amazing performer, you know? He was amazing. And yeah, when I heard him, he was coming in like, oh, this, I can't leave the car. <laughs> I can't leave the car. Now, now, to be fair, though, without Howard, I wouldn't have had the, the obsession with talk radio. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't. Like, I, I had a glorious time when it was Howard in the morning and ONA in the afternoon. Because I had both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then when they were both uh, morning shows, it was you had to choose one, and usually I chose ONA. Wow. Yeah. Again, after at a point. Yeah. At a point, like the beginning of serious years, it was all Howard. Yeah. But it, it started to fade. Like just Howard started. Like Howard now stinks, but I started to see the the real boredom i guess setting him when he started doing the therapy with his interviews mm-hmm. and I, I think it was before the marcy turk days too but it was just, yes he, he started to why do you think you you did that and it, you just heard his therapy sessions coming out in the interview and i was like oh yeah, i don't want to hear this already leaving was the already leaving yeah it was like the biggest blow for the show yeah yeah that does that lines up probably perfectly when already left i was done yeah, I, I hung in there for a little bit longer, and I, I, I'm a Howard fan. Like my my dad bought me um, the VHS of the Underpants and Negligee Party when I was far too young to be watching it because there's a Penn and Teller skit on there, and I love Penn and Teller. And my met dad Penn and Teller what was that. I've met Penn and Teller. Oh really? Oh my goodness, that is cool. Yes, I have a picture with both of them. Oh. Was that just like uh, at a show, or were you like pulling cable for them? Or no, it was, you, after, uh, it was after their show. They were out in the no. lobby, <laughs> taking pictures of people. I bought a ticket. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I don't know. You seem like the kind of guy that can get in anywhere you need to get into. But I will say, I was, I I was competing with Penn for size and stature. Oh. Yes, I haven't met you yet, but I, I hear you're a tall man. Yes, I'm a giant. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm only six one. So when we okay. meet in March and we get that photo, so I'm not that much of a giant compared right. to you. I'll slouch. I'll slouch. Thank you. I'll, was, you ever, you ever see that famous picture of Andre the giant and Vince, like in the young days where Andre is very clearly staying in a box. Yes. He's like a, a full person taller than Vince McMahon. I will stand on a box. Yes. I'll bring an apple crate with me. You could stand on that. Um, but I, I, I've been a Howard fan since like 1986, 1987. Um, and I haven't listened to a full episode of Howard in over 12 years, but I still consider myself a Howard Stern fan because it was so much of my, my life, you know? Yeah. Um, I just wish he retired. I really just wish he retired. Then I could have just gone out remembering him the way he was. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, call me woke as you fucking want. Oh, boy. When you were playing that alongside the old WNBC stuff, you know. Oh. Oh. 
Excuse me. Oh, so such a wonderful right. sound. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it did it did add some contrast to yeah. a little bit of contrast to Mister Stern. But you would, you know, well, again, like we belabor Howard. But I'll I'll remember the point. It was post Artie. Uh, he had Whitney Cummings on. If you're if you're aware of the mm-hmm. comedian Whitney Cummings. Yeah, yeah. She was promoting her sitcom, and I guess like the first episode had already aired, and it like did horribly in the ratings. And Howard spent the entire was that that, like, was that that fantasy show? No, it was just it was a sitcom just called Whitney. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This would have been like 2011, let's say. Okay. Um, and she came in. First episode aired. It does poorly. She comes in to promote the show, and she's depressed because it did poorly. And Howard spends 45 minutes. Telling Whitney how beautiful she is, he's the kind of girl that she would go, he would go for if he wasn't married, and all these other things. And I'm like, Howard is just lying. He's he's straight up like making up stories. This isn't what he really believes, and this is this is fake. I'm like, I'd asked you before, like, did you know the moment that you found out that wrestling was fake? That interview with Whitney Cummings was the moment I found out that Howard Stern was fake. Yeah, it's it's I had a similar I did have a similar <clears throat> experience I think with with Nikki Six. Where Nikki Six was on Howard or you met Nikki Six? No. I met Nikki Six, but it was the when I when I realized I was buying the same album like a fourteenth time. <laughs> and then he's selling me his book and I was like, you know what? I think this guy's just in this for the money. I don't think I don't think he means it. I don't think he's as passionate about the music as he once was. And yeah, there's that moment when you're, you, you, your heroes let you down. And I hope as one of your heroes, I never let you down, but I know that it's inevitable. And I understand. As long I as you don't apologize, as long as you don't block me on social media, I think we're okay. I can't promise you. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect time to wrap this up. I've kept you uh, for a very long time. I appreciate your time. I know your time is very valuable. It is. Uh, Extremely. The $1,000 will be Venmoed to you when we're done. Thank you. Um, anything you would like to plug that I haven't already plugged? Get your tickets now for Subreddit Surfing Live, March the 9th, carlsoncomedy.com. Thank you. So, again, follow Cardiff on social media, Cardiff Alec. Yes. Uh, support everything that he does. Sign up for his Patreons. Super chat him. Uh, and you know what? I want to close out with just this. Uh, can I get an FKB? What's that mean? Oh, you don't know what that means? I, I don't know what it means if it's not in the form of a super chat. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. Hey, Brennan. Oh, that was an accident. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, Hopefully everyone enjoys this as much as I enjoyed conducting this. Edit that one too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.